close this morning, um, if you would turn to Romans 8, verse 28 through 30. Um, got quite a bit of scripture this morning, so I'm going to try to move through it as quickly and as uh, easily as possible. Um, Romans 8, 28, very familiar passage of scripture. Um, if you've been to church for more than five seconds, you probably know it, at least how it starts. Um, <clears throat> Romans 8, uh, starting in verse uh, 28, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He predestined, these He also called. Whom He called, these He also justified. And who he justified, these he also glorified. Most gracious Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy, God. Lord, I thank you that you work all things out for those who are called according to your purpose, God, and who love you, Father. Lord, I thank you for this word. Holy Spirit, you just be the delivery mechanism, the, 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 the message. I'm just the delivery mechanism. So use me how you see fit and let in all things you give the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. The title of my message this morning is going to be Unqualified But Called. Um, so, um, 8.28, he said that he works all things out for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. He says, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined. So he already had a knowledge of who you are. He already has a knowledge of, of what we are. And he already has a plan and a purpose for your life. And so, as I read that, I began to think about uh, some people in the Old Testament who could have used Romans 8.28 and maybe they wouldn't have uh, fought with God as much as they did or maybe they wouldn't have... Uh, you know, argued as much as they did. But then I was quickly like, well, we have Romans 8.28 and I argue with God all the time when he calls me to do stuff that I really don't feel like doing or feel like I can do. Um, I started thinking about uh, Moses in Exodus chapter 4. He, he's already seen the burning bush and everything like that. And then uh, in Exodus chapter 4 and verse 10, he's talking to, he's talking to God and he says, uh, he's like, Lord, he said, neither now, previously, or since we've been talking, he said, have I gained elegancy of speech? I am not a good speaker. <laughs> and God says, he says, who made man's mouth? Who created man's mouth? Who made the blind, the deaf, the mute, the ones that can see and don't see? He said, did not I, the Lord your God? He said, don't worry about all that. He said, I'll give you the words that you need. I'll give you the words to say. I didn't ask you to be perfect. I just asked you to be willing. And I've already called you. I've already picked you out. You know, Moses, he was in kind of a precarious predicament. He was a, a Jew. He was a Hebrew by birth. But obviously, they were trying to kill all the firstborn. So his mom put him in the basket, sent him down the river. He gets picked up by the Egyptian. He's raised as an Egyptian, but he's not... 
Hebrew enough for the Hebrews. He's not Egyptian enough for the Egyptians or swap that. He's too Hebrew for the Egyptians. He's too Egyptian for the Hebrew. He winds up uh, an Egyptian uh, as beating a uh, Hebrew slave. He kills him. He runs off into exile for 40 years. Um, and he goes and meets Jethro's daughter, marries her, and starts tending sheep for him. And then he's walking and sees the burning bush. And he didn't know what was happening. And I, I love it when he goes up to it. He's like, it's being burned and it's not being consumed. And he said, Moses, don't come any closer. You've got to take your sandals off. You're on holy ground. And he says, I'm sending you to my people. I can't speak. I can't talk. I can't do this. can't do that. And he said, I don't need you to be able to do it in your own strength. I'll give you the words. I'll give you what I want you to have. I've called you to it. I know this, and, and the pastor has always told me this. He said, if God will bring you to it, he'll bring you through it. Amen. Then I began to think about uh, Jeremiah, who I love. Uh, he's one of my favorite um, prophets in the Bible. And from the very beginning of the book of Jeremiah, if you go to Jeremiah chapter 1, starting at verse 5, he said, <clears throat> Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 said, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nation. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy, and to throw down, to build and to plant. So he tells Jeremiah, he says, before I even formed you in your mother's womb, he said, I knew you. And I knew the plan and the purpose that I had created you for. And then, you know, every one of us, each and every one of us has a plan and a purpose that God has created us for. But the problem is when it doesn't match up to what we think our identity is or it's not the cool thing or it's not the one that's going to get you the most notoriety or get you the most money then it's oh well I can't do that because I'm not this or I'm not that and you know we are have we come up with the worst the very very worst excuses <laughs> for why we can't go <clears throat> God, that just makes me uncomfortable well good thing he didn't call you to be comfortable he called you to go yes amen that's right amen. and so when Jeremiah says I'm a youth God I'm a youth I don't care about that. I don't care how old you are. He said, I've called you and I've ordained you and I've designed you and I've given you this and I will give you my words and I will put my words in your mouth. And when you speak, you're speaking me. You're speaking my word. The problem is that we spend entirely too much time telling ourselves that we're not good enough, telling ourselves that we can't do something. If we spent more time talking ourselves into things instead of talking ourselves out of things, I'll tell you what, that would be a lot. We, we probably wouldn't deal with a lot of stuff that we, that we, that we deal with. Then I begin to think about uh, 
Begin to think about Gideon. He's in the, the wine press threshing wheat, trying to keep the Midianites from coming and stealing. And uh, this is in, in the book of Judges. But at the, at the uh, beginning of Judges is like when, jo as when Joshua dies and it says, There came a generation that knew not the Lord or, and all the things that he had done for Israel. And so they're, in, they're being literally terrorized by the Midianites. Every time they plant the Midianites, when it's harvest time, they come and they steal their crops and they burn everything and they take everything from them. And he's in the, he's hiding in the wine press, threshing wheat. And the angel of the Lord comes to him and calls him mighty warrior. He's a like, mighty warrior. He's like, I'm hiding so I don't get, you know, messed up. He's like, I'm a mighty warrior. Why are you calling me that? I'm not that. You know, just because you don't look like what God has called you to be, don't mean that you're not that. I think about David whenever, uh, Samuel came to anoint the next king and Jesse brings out all of the sons, the big, strong, strapping, handsome ones and the ones that have been in battle. And, and the Lord refuses every one of them. He said, you know, Samuel said to himself, man, he's big, he's strong, he's handsome. He could definitely be a, be a king. And God says to Samuel, he said, I refused him because I know his heart and I see his heart. And he goes to the next one. Nope, 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 nope. Zero. And he said, you have any more sons? Yeah, I got David. And they called David out in the field, and when he comes in, he said, him, him, that one, the one that's not the biggest, that's not the strongest, is that he was kind of ruddy, he was dirty from being out in the field, and he was kind of like a strange, he was different from all of his brothers. Because that's the one that I want. That's the one that I call. I know this, that God doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies the call. And so uh, I begin to think on Gideon, he says, Man, I'm the smallest. But not only he said, my clan that I'm from is the weakest clan in, in all of Manasseh. He said, and I am the smallest one out of all my people. He said, I'm a warrior. He said, yes. He said, go in the strength that you have. The problem is this. We feel like we're unqualified. Maybe we feel like we're not strong enough to do it. But, or, we, or we're waiting on everything to fall in place. If Abraham had waited on everything to fall in place, he would have not been called the father of many nations because God didn't give him this long, drawn-out plan step by step. He said, you leave your mother and father. He said, and go to the land and I will show you. And you know what he did? He packed his stuff up and he went. And as he walked the journey, God showed him things and God showed him things and God showed him things. Our problem is we need to know every little detail we need to know it step by step and line by line. And if you don't give us that, then you know what? We'll sit here, we'll fold our hands up, and we won't walk in what he's called us to walk in. The Bible says that in Romans eleven twenty nine, 29, it says that for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. When God has called you to something and put a calling on your life, he's not going to change his mind. If he's called you to it, you're called to it. It's yours. Begin to think about Joshua and Joshua 1. Moses has just died and Joshua was, he was Moses' assistant. And he's getting ready to take over and be the Lord. And God keeps, keeps coming to him and telling him, he said, son, just be strong and courageous. He said, be strong and courageous. I'm with you. I'm with you for such a time as this. He said, be strong and courageous. He said, this book of the law, he said, 
Let it never depart from you. Keep it at all times. Keep it in your heart. Keep it on your lips. And Joshua became a great leader. He led the children of Israel into the promised land. But he was just a warrior. He was just a warrior. But God said, I've got so much more for you. And you're qualified because I've called you to it. I wrote this. I said, we're so quick to disqualify ourselves because in our own strength, our knowledge, our wisdom and experience, we do not see how this is possible. But Jesus said that with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. You know, I, I love the relationship that Paul and Timothy had. <coughs> Paul was always encouraging Timothy. In uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, he tells him, he says, stir up the gifts. Son, stir up the gifts. He said, I know that you have an anointing. He said, I know your mother and I know your grandmother. He said, that anointing is on you. He said, but you've got to stir up the gifts. I remember whenever I first felt called to ministry. And I was like, man, I'm just like, this isn't real. This isn't real. I'm just making this up in my head. And the more I tried to push it away, and the more I tried to push it away, the more I tried to push it away, the more it was just like a burning desire inside of me. And so I was like, all right, God, I'm just going to wait for you to just download all this into my, my mind and you know, I'll just walk around and do this and do that. But in 2 Timothy chapter 2, Paul tells Timothy, he says, to study and show yourself approved to God. See, the problem is, it's like, okay, God, you called me, but now I'm, we just go ahead and download the whole Bible in me. You go ahead and do all this, and I'm going to sit here and not do anything. But no, when God calls us, yes. He's put a calling on our life, and that's great. But there's a work that we have to do. There's a work that we have to put in. We have to get in the Word. We have to get in, in the Bible. We have to get in prayer and, and, and seek Him. You know? There's so many people that knew they were called. That never reached the potential that they could have reached because they didn't put the time in. They didn't put in the work that it takes. <coughs> My favorite of all is the Apostle Paul. Man, I'll tell you what. He is a picture of, of grace, of God's mercy, of how God can, when I say that God can use whoever he wants to use, I think of the Apostle Paul. You know, he was persecuting Christians. He was, you know, making having Christians stoned and killed and everything like that. And then he's on his way to Damascus and he gets knocked right off his high horse. And he's blinded and he goes in the temple and, just, you know, and prays for like three days. And then as soon as he gets his sight back and he has his, you know, here I am, come to Jesus moment. And he would say, whenever he got his sight back, he was saved immediately and filled with the Holy Spirit, that same day he went and started preaching in the synagogue. And then in Corinthians 15, chapter 10, uh, I'm sorry, yeah. Yes, yeah, 15. Yeah. I'm sorry. 
Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9, he said that, he said, I am the least of all these, not even worthy of being called an apostle. And then verse 10 is probably my favorite Bible verse in the whole Bible. It says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. He said, and his grace that he bestowed upon me, it was not in vain. He's like, even though I labored more than all of them, it was not I, but the grace of God inside of me. Amen. You begin to realize that you can't do it on your own. I can't do it on my own. I can't walk in my calling on my own. I can go and read this Bible and I can get it all, all down inside of me. But if I don't have his grace, if I don't have his mercy, if I don't have him, then I'll just know a bunch of stuff that ain't really going to help nobody because I don't know the right delivery mechanism. I don't know the right way to do it. But when you're called, he said, he said, who I've called, he said, I've justified. And who I've justified, I also glorified. You know, he's got such an amazing work that he wants to do in each and every one of us. And every one of us are called to do something. Some of us are called to be leaders. Some of us are called to be teachers, pastors. The Bible says some prophets, some apostles. Some of us are called to be prayer warriors. Some of us are called to serve, you know, serve in the kids' church, serve in, you know, do the offering. But when it's not the big, grandiose thing, can we be okay with it? That's the big deal. When you don't have a microphone in your hand, we still walk in what you're called to. When you're not on the stage, can you still walk in what you're called to? You know, I always think, thought that was funny, and when Paul said, he's like, I'm the least of all these and the least deserving to even be called the apostle. I'm like, dude, you're Paul. Do you like even realize who you are? Do you realize who you are? But that, that goes to show that he's like, yeah, all these great things have happened. He's like, but it wasn't because of me. He said it was because of God. Amen. You know, some people want, there's a lot of people that want to be called. There's a lot of people that are like, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do that for you, Lord. But it's not, it's for the wrong reasons. They want, oh, I want people to know who I am. I want to do this and I want to do that. But that's not it. <coughs> you know, it's, it's funny because when you begin to look in, in the New Testament, who Jesus chose to be his disciples. He didn't go down to the fancy Pharisaical rabbinical schools and get all the top <coughs> people. He's like, let me get some fishermen. Let me get a tax collector. Let me get let me get a few ruffians. He was like, because they don't think they're better than everybody. They don't think they know too much. They don't think they're too good to follow me. He used each and every one of them. And not one of them had probably much education. They never went to any kind of seminary school or anything like that. But they followed him. And we're called, man. The very first thing we need to do is follow him. That's the most important thing. Yes, it is. Amen. Following him. 
and getting to know him more and getting to know him deeper. You know, I, when I first, you know, started getting opportunities to preach, you know, I'd study my word, but then I'd spend like all week listening to my favorite pastors and everything like that. And I begin to like, you know, man, I got to do it like this. I got to do that. And I need to hit this, this highlight. And, you know, I'll be playing out the, the way I think this, the sermon should go in my head. And, you know, I got to do it like this one. And then I finally got to a point not, so, not too long ago where it's like, I just turned it off. I was like, God, I know that you've called me. And you're giving me what I need. And you'll be what I do. I don't have to be a duplication or I don't have to be a copy of anybody else. I want to be genuine. I want to be authentic. But most importantly, I want to be your man and the man that you've called me to be to preach your word. You know, I love a lot of those pastors and they've encouraged me. And, you know, I've, 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 I've got stuff from their message that has stirred something up in me and spurred other messages out of it. But I can't be them. I gotta be who he's called me to be. All right. When he calls, man, he don't stop calling. You know, we have our phones, and if somebody calls me, I can just hit ignore and hit ignore and hit ignore, and maybe they'll leave a voicemail. But if they don't, once you hit ignore so many times, unless it's those warranty people, they'll find you no matter if you change your number. Eventually, they'll stop calling. But not him. If you're called, you're called, man. He's calling out. He's crying out. He can't do it for you. He wants to do it with you, and he wants to do it through you. Moses could have went back to Jethro and said, no, nah, this ain't for me. Gideon could have stayed right there in that wine press, threshing wheat. But he said, no, nah, I, I got a work to do. Jeremiah could have stayed and said, I'm young. I'll wait till I get a little bit older and I get a little more experience under my belt. Joshua could have said, can you make somebody else a leader? I'm just a warrior God. I just want to be a fighter. Let somebody else, you know, be a leader. But they chose to say, okay, you've called me. And if you called me, I know that I can't do it on my own and I know that I'm going to need you to help me through it. And Isaiah, he's, <coughs> he said he saw the train of the Lord's robe and it filled the whole temple. And he said, you know, it's like, I'm an unclean man. And he's like, I have unclean lips. I live among an unclean people. It said that the seraphim brought the coal and cleansed his lips. And then God said, who will go for us? He said, here am I, Lord. Send me. Can we say that? Here I am, Lord. Send me. Even if nobody's ever going to find out about it. Even if it's not going to be publicized all over the world. Even if it's just, God, send me to Ingalls, and everybody who is in need that comes through, I'll pay for the groceries. Or Lord, send me to <coughs> my school and put me in a place where I can 
be an agent of change in, in my school or God, you know, send me to a workplace where I can be instrumental in change. But God, send me. Send me, God. Use me the way you want to. The Bible says that he has a treasure that he's hidden in us. You know, I, I fought with God for so long about doing this, about leading worship, about going and doing ministry. Because I was so worried. God, do you know my past? Do you know the things that I've done? Do you know this? Do you know that? Do you know what people could say about me? And he reminded me, he said, I've cast your past as far as the east is from the rest into the sea of forgetfulness. He said, I don't remember it. Stop disqualifying yourself. By man's standards, you might not be qualified. But thank God that he doesn't see us the same way that man sees us. Amen. I think about it like this. I think about the, the man, Steve Jobs, that created the iPhone. If he were still alive, he's not. But... Someone high up in Apple that knows every single little thing about the iPhone could probably come and take my phone and go into and do things to it that I have no idea how to do because they were the manufacturer, they were the creator, and they know what's inside of it, and they know what it's capable of even further than what I do. Just like I did not make the iPhone, I did not make you. God did. So when he's calling you, he said, I know everything that's inside of you. I know what you do have, and I know what you don't have. I know what you do know, and I know what you don't know. He said, and what, what you need me to be, I can be, and I will be. And he said, because I'm God, and I created you. Amen. All right. You know, I, you know his grace is sufficient, man. You know, Paul... Said so I went to God three times with this thorn in my side. He said, man, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient for you. He said, because when you're weak, when you can't depend on yourself, when you can't do it, he said, that's when I'm strong. Amen. He said, that's when you're not leaning on yourself. That's when you're leaning on me. If we knew it all and we could do it all, we, there would be no need for him. And I don't know about you, but I need God. I need a God. I need someone to be my God. I need someone to be my director. I need someone to keep me. Because we try to do it in our own strength, man, we're going to fall over every single time. Where it's going to be, it's going to be messed up. We're going to put ourselves on it instead of letting God do what he wants to do. And it's going to fall flat. Don't let anybody... Try to talk you out of your call. If God has called you to do it, it's yours. It's not anybody else's. I was thinking about that, you know, when I, when I was thinking about, God, you know, some of the arguments I had with him. And it brought me in, in Mark where Jesus' family is going to him. <laughs> and they're like, He's out of his mind. we got to get him there. They think that Jesus is crazy. And I'm like, well, I guess if people thought that Jesus was crazy and he's Jesus, then, you know, 
it'll be okay if they think I'm a little bit crazy. I'm so thankful that he sees us the way that he sees us. Through a lens of grace, through a lens of mercy, through a lens of, you know, when you look at me right now and you see me, in his eyes I look totally different because he knows what the finished product is going to be. And I know I'm not there yet. But I'm a lot closer now than I was then. You know, it's... It's tough sometimes because you got to be careful who you tell your calling to. Look at Joseph. Joseph tells his brothers, they throw him in a pit, sell You know? If it's yours, man, it's yours. Hold on to it. Walk in it. Stop waiting to know every little detail. And go in the strength that you already have. That's what the angel of the Lord told Gideon. He said, go in the strength that you have. And the further he went, the more he got the details. He got the details. <coughs> and then, with the help of God and 300 people, he's able to go and defeat a whole nation. And he was in a wine press threshing wheat. But God said, you're a mighty warrior. And even if I don't feel like it, don't matter how I feel. If he's called you to it, it's yours. And he'll equip you. He'll give you everything that you need. The only very first thing you have to say is, here I am, Lord. Use me. You can use me. However you see fit. If it's just to come in early on Sunday and make sure the chairs are straight. So pastor don't have to do it. You know how I, how I first started serving? When I when I when I when I first came here? Getting his Bible and stuff and sitting back there at the back and making sure he had it when he walked out the door. It was simple. It wasn't big grandiose, wasn't on stage. Checking in the back, making sure the lights and stuff were, were turned off. Nothing, nothing major. But if we can learn to serve, and we can have a servant approach that says, I don't need to have the spotlight all the time. I don't need to be, you know, on the stage all the time. God, whatever you need me to do, if I need to come and sweep the floor, I'll sweep the floor, God. If i got to come and scrub the bathroom, I will. I'm not too, not too good to get my hands dirty. It don't always have to be the flashy. It don't always have to be the, you know, the big, bold end lights. Whatever you need me to do, God, that's what I'll do. He's so good. And I don't always understand why he calls who he calls, when he calls them, and everything like that. But it's not up to me to understand. It's just up to me to obey. It's up to you to obey. The Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice. Right. If he's called you to something, stop running away. Stop putting it off till tomorrow. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. Today is the day. 
to take the first step. So here I am, God. I don't 100% know what it is that you have for me, but I know there's something. If you really want to know, ask him. Seek him. He'll begin to show you. You know, I don't always have all the answers. I don't always know. But he does. And if you come to him humbly and earnestly, God, what do you have for me? Doesn't matter how old you are. Jeremiah was a youth. Moses was 80. He can use anybody. We just have to be like, to be like Isaiah and say, here I am, God. Use me. Send me. No matter what. If people like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. But if I'm going to walk in your calling, God, I want to be all the way in. I want to walk all the way in it. I don't want to be one foot in. I don't want to be one foot out. I don't want to be unsure. I want to be firmly planted in who you are and in your word. Each and every one of us have a work to do. Each and every one of us. It takes all of us working together. If you want to know what it is, he will, he will gladly show you. Even if you feel like you're not qualified. Even if you feel like you don't know. Even if you feel like you're not strong enough, or I'm not smart enough, or I'm not this, or I'm not that. He said, I didn't ask you all that. I've called you for such a time as this. And if you'll take, your, take that first step, I promise you, you'll never take one more step alone. And he'll take you and show you exactly what he wants you to do. <coughs> but it's up to you to take that first step. Amen? If you're watching this by media later on, um, God has a, a gift and a calling for everyone. And he wants us to walk in it. The Bible says that many are the plans of a man's heart, but it's the purpose of God that will always prevail. And he has a purpose and he has a plan for every one of us. He's not going to change his mind he, about you. He loves you and he has called you. It's up to us to answer the call. It's up for us to take the challenge. It's up for us to walk in it. We thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Be blessed. Amen. Yeah.